Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. So I'm very excited to introduce Nicole Bruno for the first time. Guys, she just got married two weeks ago. Her wedding was beyond. Um, so huge congrats. Many you. of you may know her as Nicole Kogan or No Bread, the name of her very popular food and wellness platform. She is also a very talented creator, recipe developer, advisor, investor, wellness guru, and just generally such an inspiring force that I'm so lucky to know. So welcome to the pod, Nicole. Thank you so much. I'm yeah, so happy. I'm excited for, for being here. So as you know from listening, the first question we always ask is, what is your definition of fulfillment and what is your definition of success? And are they at all intertwined? My definition of fulfillment is being just completely happy and complete with yourself. I think a lot of times people look for external validation in order to feel fulfilled. And external validation is like, you know, same as that expression of, if you're like being famous on social media as being rich in monopoly, it's, you know, there's surface fulfillment, which is often fake. And then there's internal fulfillment when you are actually just so good and complete with yourself. And I would say the same thing for success. One thing with success is you can judge it on like a personal level. You know, how do I stack up against my peers level? Where do I stand in my career level? I've never been competitive with anyone but myself. So I compare success to where I want to be with me, which is I almost find I'm like more hard on myself mm -hmm. when I do that compared to other people because I know I do well in this world. You know, like we're all successful people. So my biggest battle with success is against me. So it's similar to that fulfillment. It's how do you feel within yourself? So when I'm fulfilled with me, I usually find that that's when I'm the most successful. 
I think that you can be fulfilled in certain categories and not fulfilled in others the same way I think you can be successful in certain ways and not quite there yet in others. But I think they're super intertwined. Yeah. So if you're constantly competing with yourself in terms of success, how is like the voices in your head? Are they like encouraging you? Like, okay, you can be better. Like you did this last year, like where you are today, or are they sometimes like negative, like inner critic? And then how do you manage those voices? It's so interesting. I don't feel like I'm ever a critic. If I'm not where I want to be, I become like obsessive the most type A. Sometimes Ben, I'll say something. We'll be talking about like breakfast. Then I talk about our trip next week. And he's like, how does your brain work? And I'm always overanalyzing, always overthinking. So I wouldn't say I'm critical of myself, but I go into overdrive and I start, you know, dreaming, which is a good thing of all the different things I can do. But I definitely, then when you start dreaming big, you get frustrated when you're not there yet. So it's always like, especially with me, it's everything's like a delicate balance. Yeah. No, that no, it's a hard one because if you're constantly competing with yourself and you constantly want more and more, it's like, when do you stop chasing? And when are you just like, take a second to just be? Right. And sometimes it's like, what is driving you? Is it, you know, you want more money? Is it that you want more status or is you want more like praise for what you do? Or are you just so passionate about that thing that you do that you want to reach the most amount of people? I have obviously my blog, No Bread. And Remember back in the day when Instagram first started and, you know, this is like, let's say 2015, I would post a photo and I would get like 15,000 likes with having 40,000 followers because Instagram was showing everyone our content. And then the algorithm kicks in like 2017, 18, which I understand why that happened. Every platform ultimately has an algorithm. And I remember just being so upset and talking to my therapist about it. And he was like, why are you so upset that you're not getting 15,000 likes anymore? Like you get 5,000. That's amazing. You keep growing in followers. That's amazing. And he said something to me that has resonated and I've applied it to literally every single aspect of my life. Why are you doing it for the clout, for the reach? Do it for that one person. If one person sees that post, and I know more than one person sees it, but if one person sees that post, And if one person is affected by what you just said, then you've done your work. And I apply that now to everything, whether it's like my investing or relationship or anything. I'm like, okay, if this just reaches one person, changes one person's life, attitude, anything, or if it even just affects me, you know, I'm doing something positive. So it affects I'm the one person, then I know I've done something good. So in that rat race, for success, it's like, you have to check yourself with why you want the success. Is it that you want to be this like powerful, dominant person? Or is it that you're just trying to reach someone to share that message with? Yeah. I think that's really interesting because that was definitely why we started our podcast. And actually this morning I've been doing these like journaling exercises with my inner child. And this morning I was sort of like, just like tired from the weekend, woke up a little bit later than I thought I would, kind of like slugging, you know? Mm -hmm. And I had this moment where I was like, is this kind of up to me? Because like with the podcast specifically, which I think is a part of why we're like even comfortable with it. And like, obviously as you expand your comfort zone, you're more comfortable there. But it's funny, like we see numbers and we're like, wow, that many people are listening. That's amazing. But we're not like, you know, sometimes someone will message me and be like, this really helped me or blah, blah. And that's really fulfilling. Yeah. Because then you can feel that power of like that one person being affected positively. But often it's more just like 
we're talking to people. We love doing it, but we're sort of like, are people liking it? Are people listening, et cetera? And this morning I kind of had to have that talk with myself and my inner child where I was like, this is up to you right now to be like, this is why you're doing it. This is why you're enjoying it. This is why it's going to affect hopefully one person and push them in the right direction. But I think like to your point, it's really about checking in with yourself because you're not always going to get outside validation, like unless you are solely relying on like numbers, Instagram likes. And that's so fleeting anyway. Like even when we find out really cool things about our podcast, we're like, wow. And then it just goes away. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. It is. It's so true. I remember when like Instagram then gave the option to hide your likes. And I was like, I want people to see how good my engagement still is. I want people to see. And then if there was just one day where it was bad, I was like defeated. And I was like, first of all, no one looks at this other than me, like nobody. Yeah. And then, so I started not so much with like, with my wedding stuff, I haven't done it, but up until last week I was doing just hide no matter what, because it was blocking my purpose. It was, I was being affected. I was like, oh wait, I'm in a Instagram rut right now. I don't want to create content. And it's so funny. We were walking on Melrose like three weeks ago. And this girl walks by Ben and I, and she was like, oh my, like freaking out. I was like, can, can I have a picture? And I was like, with me? I was looking at Ben. I was like, with who? And she was like, with you. And she like took a selfie. And then Ben was like, that was like so cool. And I was like, that was so strange. Like, I'm so, you know, I, I'll never think that's like normal that anyone looks up to me. And she's like, I'm gluten-free. You've changed my life. And then Ben looked at me because I was like in this rut of being, I kept saying, I was like, thank God our wedding's coming up. So I'll have some content to post. And you know, so over this, I've been doing it for 10 years. I have nothing else to say. And he was like, I hope that motivates you to keep doing this. And I was like, it's so true, but that was my one person. And sometimes you just need that one person to do it. And then I was like, here I am thinking, oh, I'm not relevant anymore. The algorithm doesn't like me. My posts don't like do as amazing. There's so many other people that, you know, are just as good. And then I was like, nope, back to my mantra. I affected one person. And now I'm like hyper-motivated. I've also like you know, the few weeks leading into your wedding, I was like, I couldn't think about anything other than like, you know, my own life. And now I'm like, okay, I'm like so excited. I'm like feet on the ground. So excited to create content again. And it's true. And I found for me, if like just like hiding those likes or views or anything, like takes out that external pressure for me and just like rebrings the joy for me, then that's like just something I'll do. Yeah. Like you've removed the noise. Yeah, exactly. The purpose is helping that girl that stopped on the street and was like shaking to say hi to me. And in my mind, I've been doing this since 2013 or 14, so 10 years. And there's so many amazing creators now, like Instagram. I feel like I caught that first wave. And now, especially with like COVID and TikTok happening, like everyone became an influencer. So there's so many people I think that do what I do better than me. And I'm like, I don't say that competitively. I'm like, God, that girl is good. I follow her. So I was just like shocked. But then she's like, I've been following you since like 2016. I'm like, okay, no, like I will always have purpose. I will always have a mission with this. Yeah. And it's just, re- I'm like, okay, going home. What recipe can I cook? And I'm going to shut out the noise of what like Instagram or a commenter. I actually used to respond to every single comment. And now I want to start reading my comments again. I don't always because like, again, it's like more noise, sometimes negative noise. And, it, you know, I'm a sensitive person. So if it's, there's just something like a little bit negative, I'll, it'll, you know, distract my purpose. And I want to just keep it super purpose-driven. 
Yeah. yeah. You've also done a lot. I mean, you've had a very long career with no bread. Yeah. But that is like a testament to you, in my opinion, because it's very easy to not be relevant anymore. But you've constantly like evolved your platform. Like it was very much like gluten-free. And then it was like a lot of like health and wellness stuff because you were going through your own health struggles. Mm -hmm. And, you know, now I love it so much because it's like also about like angel investing and cool new brands. And like, I learn a lot from the content, but it's a very different learning than I learned like three years ago when I followed you. So it's a testament to you because you're constantly evolving. And I also think not just in your career, you've evolved a lot as a person too. You're always doing the inner work. And like we just talked about, you know, right before this podcast start, because you evolved so much, it led you to now your husband, right? right? You weren't ready for your prince until then. Yeah. So talk to me about evolution in your life and what role it plays. Yeah. It's so interesting because to go back to fulfillment, if I, when I started my blog 2013, 14, if I was still posting gluten-free restaurant recommendations from New York city and Los Angeles (laughs) restaurants, I would have zero fulfillment. And as fulfilled as I am in my own life right now, and I've done so much inner work, I've, you know, manifested and found my dream man and we've created our dream life and we'll continue to create that. If there's still, as it pertains to Nobra, there's still unfulfillment, but it's because you have to constantly evolve. And it's interesting because I've evolved so much throughout the career of Nobra. When I first started, I was like, I will never show my face on this account. Cause that was the whole food porn movement is what I got in on. So my mom always jokes me. She's like, remember when you said you would never show your face? And now you're in like running around. I'm like, selfie, hi. And always evolving. But the biggest evolution I might go through is do I change the name Nobred to not Nicole Kogan, but to Nicole Bruno? Because what I'm finding is because my Instagram name is still no bread, I still feel obligated to share ample amount of gluten-free recommendations. Even yesterday, it was like all wedding content. And then yesterday, a post of like, here's all the food I've eaten recently, but what if that doesn't serve me anymore? And what if my new evolution is to drop the, you know, large food component and really just be my life now? And so that's what I go through now because who I am today is not who I was when I was 23 and starting this. Who I am today is now a wife, a wellness enthusiast, and an angel investor. You know, gluten-free when I started was so niche. Now everyone is gluten-free. Everyone is paleo, vegan, keto, something. <laughs> like that, it's like no, no longer specific to be gluten-free. So why am I like holding on to that identity? Yeah. Also back then, that was my identity. I was struggling so, the reason why I started my blog is I was struggling so much to find gluten-free that it was a resource for me. But now I'm not struggling in that aspect of my life anymore. So why am I still feeling obligated to post that kind of content, create that kind of content if I'm not that person anymore? But it's just because I know my followers expect that of me. So that's where I now have unfulfillment within myself and within my career. Because your identity feels very tied. Yeah. My identity now, if you were to ask me like, who am I now? I'd say I'm a wife, wellness enthusiast, and angel investor. Right. And if I asked you three years ago? And if you asked me three years ago, I'd be like, I'm a gluten-free foodie. I'm (laughs) single and fun. (laughs) And I'm like, not going to be tied down. And I'm like, you know, on the surface, just like, life is great, but I don't even know why it's great. So like, and then three years before that, it was, I'm sick. What can I eat? How can I change the world's food for the better? Mm-hmm. So I've evolved. I show that I'm evolving, but I think the name no bread keeps me tied to who I was when Puts I was 23. Yeah. Yeah. And, but then if I change it, the amount of people that would like 
freak or, you know, if I run into a friend, I'd be like, no, Brett, like it just, you know, they call you that because it's yeah. been kind of so tied to your identity. Yeah. But at the same time, if it's, but it's not my you identity in a box, anymore, you need to be your authentic self. Can you now. be no Brad Nicole Bruno? No, I would just, I would, you <laughs> no, know, I would, shit, be Nicole I would be Nicole Bruno and put in the, you know, where yeah, I have Nicole no Bruno Brad. now, it would switch. Yeah. But, you know, my passion now comes from work wise, I would say comes significantly more from my investing career than it does. And I find so much joy in that. And by background, I started my career in finance. I left finance to go into this unknown because I was young and hungry and confused. Mm-hmm. Didn't <laughs> even know. <laughs> yeah. Didn't even know influencing was a thing or blogging was a thing, but I fell into it. That's all, you know, timing fell into that. But I think now I'm actually more in my truth being that finance person, but I actually found a category in which I like to invest in, which is the food side. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I started posting more about my angel investing. I've started posting more about my life outside of quote, no bread, but I still have that name, no bread, which therefore people demand gluten-free recipe creation. And, you know, and also I think one thing that is really interesting is every influencer has their own strategy, right? So there are a lot of influencers who have done influencing so amazing where they did less ads, but created cult community. And now from their cult community, will go on to launch products to be the face. I've never been so comfortable with being the face. So my strategy, had, especially once I got into investing, was to do more ads up front. And then with that money, fuel my passion of investing. And then I want to, you know, so... I'm at this point now too. I'm like, do I take that chance and start doing, you know, less ads now to create more of a different community in the community I want to be more in, which would be like investing and then really just shift my content. So yeah, this is, I'm literally talking into a microphone right now about the daily struggle that goes into my (laughs) head about work fulfillment, because even though I'm so happy in my life, I think that the one category I don't feel the most fulfilled in right now is my work. Do you feel like there's, I mean, I think in Sex in the City, they say like you're always looking for a job, a partner, or an apartment. Like, do you think that there is a level of like in life, there's always going to be something that you're like working on or oh, working sure. toward? Like where it's like maybe all boxes won't always be checked. Yeah. Like how Annabelle was saying before, I did so much work. I would say 2019 to 2021 on, I don't want to even say like manifesting the right person. It was working on me so I could be good enough with me to find the right person. And when COVID hit, I left LA and I moved in with my parents' house in Florida because I wanted to get out of LA and breathe. And, you know, Florida was, you know, open and you could like have a life, which was just helpful for like finding yourself and continuing my work. So I was making such good work and the world shuts down. And now I'm like, oh, I'm alone in my apartment. I can't work. So I went down to Florida for, you know, six to eight months and just continued the work. And, but during that time, what was thriving in this pandemic was my career. You Mm -hmm. know, everyone wanted recipes, wellness advice. So no bread, you know, financially, everything never did better than in 2019 to 2021. But I wasn't there yet with who I wanted to be. I came out of that experience knowing so who I am, so what I want, so what I deserve, so who I want to be in the future, how I want to just act in my day-to-day life then insert Ben. I was so good with me. I I met Ben and, you know, that was my goal, not goal to find like a husband, but you know, that was like my, a new purpose for me was to 
for once in my life, like let myself fall in love and back away from work a little bit just so I could really fall and make that kind of like my career. So now love life, personal self, everything is thriving, work stuff. I'm confused with you. I'm going to just ignore you for a little bit, just keep trucking along. And now, you know, after a year of that phase, I'm like, okay, let's get these two into balance. Right. And that's the goal is to have them in balance, but will anything ever be in balance? No, because then we're going to have a kid. Then my relationship life might take a little bit of a a hit. That's a new normal that a couple has to figure out. And then my work will probably go third to that. So you're always like juggling then friendships. Oh my gosh. Like where does that fit into the picture and family? So I don't, I mean, props to whoever can balance and complete fulfillment every aspect of their life. I just think it's impossible. Yeah. And it's, I think it's a never ending journey because you're always growing. You're always learning. You're always evolving. At least I think that's kind of like the point of life. Like if you're not growing and you're not evolving, then like, what is the point? Right. But I also think what's interesting that you said is that it took you moving back home to your parents' house to find yourself. Like if we just like listen to that statement, going back to like the roots and being around like our parents and our family and just being our authentic self for a little bit, yeah. kind of like ignite it's something so, inside of you. I think about it because everyone's like, you moved back in with your family. I and I used, that. To, I used to defend it and be like, I'm very grateful. It was a beautiful home. Like my parents would golf all day. Like we never really saw each other. My room was upstairs over here. And my siblings were also home. For two of those like seven months, I was like all three of us, like family unit, fully there. It hasn't been like that in 15 years. Where's home? So I grew up in New York. My parents have a place in Florida now. So this okay. was Florida okay, era. Cool. And uh, yeah, but it's so funny because I look back and I'm like, could I right now like go move into my parents' house? No, but there was something about that period of time with like safety and what's your first ever form of safety is your family unit. So I think it allowed me to do the work without feeling alone. Mm-hmm. If I had been doing the work here in LA, I was just, I was trying to continue doing the work, but I was alone. And like, I go see a friend for like a distant walk or something like that, but it wasn't the same. I wanted to really just, you know, have it be up to me, whether or not I saw people and just do all the work. And sometimes you have to remove just to like see something. And, but yeah, I think about it now. I'm like, I moved in with my family for that long. Was I crazy? What do you think like the biggest shift was for you, like in that inner work that enabled you to find Ben? Because I remember when we were talking, when we met, it was like, there were so many guys not treating you right. This didn't work. Like one would move somewhere like that. It was just a constant, like, it felt like it was like a chase. You were looking at the apps. And then I feel like when you got back, it was a lot more like not chasing because you were comfortable in yourself. I can tell you the exact moment. So I am very much a creature of habit. Like I wake up, I go for my 10,000 steps. I have the same, you know, one of three breakfasts every morning, whichever one I'm in the mood for that day. Then I do work from 10 to 12, lunch here, walk here, like not like hyper obsessed with it, but that's just like the outline of a typical day. And so I went to Florida and I was, you know, doing my morning walks and my parents are huge bike riders. That's their thing. They bike ride around the world. And my dad would always say like, do you want to go for a bike ride this morning? And I'd be like, no, 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 I'm going to do my walk. And he was like, well, there was one morning and I go, dad, can you like set me up on a bike? I want to do a bike ride around our neighborhood. And he goes, oh, cool. Can I come? And I was like, no, like, you know me, I have like my music in. I, I just was like, no. And he looked at me and he goes, you know, you're really rigid. And I was like, what? And he looked at me and he goes, 
for your walks when I want to come with you, but don't, I get it. Like, cause I power walk and he's, you know, an older man. He's not yeah. like keep, he's like, I can't keep up with you on your walks. So like, I get it, but like bike riding, I'm better than you. Mm-hmm. So no matter like how fast you're trying to go to compete with yourself or anything, like I'm going to do it better. I'm actually not even going to bother you. Cause I'm going to be too good for you. And the fact that I just didn't want him to come with me was just rigid. Like I was just, it was like a morning therapeutic time for me is to go do my own thing for that hour. I was coming from it from that place of like, I just like to have that first hour to listen to my music really loud and do my own thing. And he was coming from it like, I can do it too. And I'm not going to like fuck up your day. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, come. The second we're on the bikes and we're going like pretty fast. And I'm like, you can't even, because in my mind, I was like, I can't listen to my music. I have to talk to him now. We have to entertain <laughs> my dad at 8 a.m. And I, he was beating, he was ahead of me the whole time. Like even like this. And when we were side by side, like, you can't hear each other. Yeah. So I was listening to my music and it felt so nice to have my dad join me and to do my alone thing with someone. And, but he, what he said that I was rigid, like struck a chord with me. Because even if you ask any of my friends, I'll be the first one to Irish exit from a party. If I'm tired, I just don't go out. I have like no FOMO. I do not need to be last man standing. I do not have any of that. So I was like, wow, like I usually brag I'm the first one to go home. I'm like, because I want to get a good sleep. But like, why do I have to be the first one to go home? That's part of my rigid plan. I want to know that I can get up at that certain time the next morning to do my thing. And this was early on in me being at home. So I used that time to become less rigid. If I was going to go golf, or go to the driving range here in LA. I'm just so independent. I'd be like, who wants to come with me? Or I'm actually going to go on my walk this morning. Mom, dad, do you want to come? And now I'm walking slower. So that experience of becoming less rigid. Now it's part of Ben and I's routine that we go on walks together once or twice a day. And that's my workout. I don't need to go so fast anymore to hit a certain mile mark by a certain time to go to my next activity, feeling a certain way. I'm so not rigid. I'm, and Ben is the least scheduled person, least planned person. If I had been hyper rigid, when I had met Ben, we wouldn't have worked out his schedule. He's a trainer, his schedule. He goes to, they used to be like, I'd be like, what's your day tomorrow? And he'd be like, don't even ask me. It'll change overnight. I never understood it. Cause I'd be like, no, who's at eight 30. Who's at nine 30 is at 10 30. Instantly. I realized like everyone has a quote time Overnight, he sleeps with a phone in a different room because he doesn't want to wake up in the middle of the night, check his phone, see everyone messing up his day and their schedule and their times because then he stresses. So nothing for Ben is scheduled. He has to adapt to other people's plans. And so I became way more adaptive that experience in Florida. If I hadn't had that, I would have lost my mind with Ben's schedule. And so, yeah, I mean, it was, I'll never forget what my dad said. And he wasn't being mean. He was like, you're really rigid, huh? And I was like, no, I'm not. And I was like, wow, I'm so rigid. Mom deserves the best. And there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's so funny you say that because, okay, two things like stuck out to me. The first is I also lived with my parents during COVID and like kind of thereafter, like. like it's a great I said, time. Well, I'd come back to LA yeah. and then all of a sudden I'd be like with them for three months. And then it, yeah, then you, it's a. It almost, yeah, you get very comfortable if you're lucky enough to have Exactly, that, yeah. Um, and to, like, enjoy their company. Yeah. Two things. One is, like, what I first thought of when you said that was, like, it's also, like, the reality of life that, like, everything changes. Like, when else are you going to be able to go on a walk with your dad in yeah. the morning? And he's, like, young enough and healthy enough to go on that walk with yeah. you and that you'll, you're in Florida with them. And, like, I think that was something that really, like, happened for me during COVID was being, like, wow, this is like honestly very unique and like an extraordinary time. And it's weird to enjoy it, but to take those moments and be like, I don't know when the next time I'll ever live with my parents again will be. Like, I mean, who knows? But the truth is like, you don't really know. Those moments are so fleeting. Yeah. Which kind of like goes hand in hand with my next point. Annabelle and I were just talking about this at lunch. I think there's something about structure that's very comforting and that actually frees you. But at the same time, like when you got invited to the Taylor Swift concert, she was like, but I have to be in bed by this and I have a newborn and I have this and I have that. But she's like, but it's also Taylor Swift and maybe I want to do that. Maybe it's a once in a life. Like, I think it's the practical brain chiming in when your heart wants to just have fun. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's like, how do you that That was the balance. Yeah. Because you're you coming home early so that you can get a good night's sleep and feel good and not be bloated or whatever in the morning. Yeah. So for me, it's like Taylor Swift's like, then I'm, I have to do my bedtime routine, feed her. Then I need to like go and deal with the parking of like whatever stadium it's at. Then I have to come home. I'm going to be leaking at Taylor Swift from jumping up and down and pump and then sleep and then wake up. For, right. But it's like, if I just removed all of that, like Taylor Swift is so fun. Like it's totally. so much fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, we, we talk about this a lot. It's just like routine is important. Yes, yeah. it for sure is. And, but, and how do you use your routine to benefit you in your life and not be rigid when things distract from the routine? Yeah, or don't go your way. Because honestly, structure also comes from like a sense of control as well, yeah. which I don't think is all bad, Oh, right? I'm like a control freak. Right, and it's not all bad. Yeah. Like I think- and I've learned I, to lose that control. Totally. I think yeah. until I like really recently started to really structure my life, I was like, like there's a freedom, but there's also a, and especially if you're like a creator or something that you do have that flexibility. And especially post COVID, not everyone's going to an office every day. It's right. just so different. I think there is, it's like boundaries and structure and then like surrender and spontaneity. Mm-hmm. And there's, like both are really beautiful. I guess it's masculine and feminine in a way, but I think it's like figuring out like when you allow yourself to just be free. And I actually think the more structured or like the more healthy I'm eating, I'm like, okay, I can have that yeah. meal because I've been like really disciplined or like totally. I've been working out every day and that's structure. Well, that's the it's thing. It's like both. Yeah, for me, it was, I was always the first one to leave a party or go to bed. And I would always say, I'm like, well, I don't have FOMO. I don't need to be last man standing. But I'm like- what if I want 
to be, I've never like allowed myself to want to be last man standing. What's that like? So I started going out more. And it's so funny because when I met Ben in 2021, I had this, when the world like opened back up, I had this year, especially that month before meeting him where I was out like every night. I was in the Hamptons. You were having so much fun. I was thriving. When I was in Florida, I was thriving. I was going out and I was like, oh, I'm going to, you know, be a last man standing tank because I want to be. I took away this like rule I had for myself that like you just shouldn't be that person. And I had no shame in being that person, but I had never wanted to be the other person. And then all of a sudden I was like, hell yeah, I'm that other person. I'm so carefree. I'm, you know, again, that was losing control, losing rigidity allowed me to be that person. So I go, I have this month in June of 2021. I'm back on the East Coast. I'm in the Hamptons. I'm First, I had been traveling a little bit and then I do that. I'd gone out so much. I came back to LA and I literally was like, I'm exhausted. Mm-hmm. I loved being that person, but that actually wasn't my truth. But I'm glad I experienced it to now learn that that wasn't my truth. And that was like a great ass two months, but I don't need to be that person. I'm so glad I allowed myself. I'm going to take some principles I learned during those two months and apply it to my future, but I don't need to be at Surf Lodge, last man standing. <laughs> anymore. And that's when I, I feel like, you know, going from super rigid to losing rigidity and just like day-to-day activity, work activity, and then becoming that, the other extreme of who I was, I found the balance in it all. And I came back and I said, I was like, my assistant and I, like, she'll never, she should have given the speech at my wedding. Cause she like helped with my first text to Ben, but I was like, I am so ready. Like whoever's coming is like about to walk in because great life. I'm good. I'm so done with like me with, I'm, I found me. I'm so good. I'm officially for the first time, like in the past, you know, you and I met during 2020 and I would always be like, Oh, I'm, I'm ready for that person. I was never ready for that person. I look back on all the times I said I was ready. And I, I knew I was just saying it cause I wanted it. Not cause I felt it was my truth. And I was like, whoever it is, it's happening. Cause like, I'm so good. And then Ben and I met and it was like date one, I knew he was the person date one. He'll like deny knowing it on date one and say like, you know, by week, like two. But <laughs> I was like, I just met my husband and I have the text to prove that I, I was telling people this was my person. And it wasn't because I was so excited that I met a guy that right after me manifest or like stating that I was ready. It was like, we met. And I was like, I came home that night after a four and a half hour first date. And I was like shaking. I was like, something is like different in me that I've never felt in this lifetime. And I was like, that's, I just, it happened, but I called it into existence after doing this like two year journey of losing who I didn't want to be anymore and becoming who I did want to be. And, you know, having it all balanced out. What did you do on a tactical level to like find yourself? Like what was that? Yeah. I love therapy. Queen of therapy. I think it's great. I have (laughs) a therapist. I go to Reiki. I, you know, therapy, even if you are really fucking great with yourself, get a therapist. Like it's an unbiased opinion to help you. And you don't always have to go to your therapist because you have a pressing, sad, or troublesome issue. Like I look forward to the days of therapy when I'm just going to shoot the shit and be like happy and like tell them all the good things. And we don't even touch on a single thing of work or anything. I just think it's a great unbiased person to talk to. I've had the same therapist for five years and I love him. So I'm a huge therapy person. I was never really a journaler. I've tried. Wasn't so much my thing. I love, like my form of journaling is that daily walk. 
like every day there must be a walk. Cause that's like my clear your head. Sometimes I don't even need music, but that was like my mental reset, the way I think journaling is for people and living in Florida that, you know, it was an environment where I could, like, if you live in New York and you have seasons or Chicago, you're probably not going on a daily walk. I needed like nature. So I would say that. And I don't know. I, yeah. I'm like a huge therapy person and just, I love wellness things. Did you take like, did you audit sort of like, this is who I am right now that doesn't feel in alignment with who I want to be. And then like take steps to transform that. I think a lot of times it was subconscious. Mm. Like there was those tangible times, like being told I'm rigid where I'm like, let's re let's look at my life and see what moments I'm being rigid in and how can we lose it. But I think when you're in a environment that suits you, like the place you're meant to be, the physical place you're meant to be or emotional place you're meant to be, those subconscious things, you know, get checked naturally. So I think there's like two ways you can do it. There are those things that you know about yourself. Mm -hmm. Like I knew I was rigid. I know I'm a control freak. I know I overthink (sighs) everything. So there's those tangible things. And I'm like, all right, like methodically, how can we tackle this? But then there's those other things that, I can't even explain to you when it was that shift in Florida during COVID where I was like, you know what? I want to like start like partying. (laughs) Like, I don't, I don't know what caused that. I think it was my environment where that was, you know, we were just so locked down for so long and my family's in Palm Beach area, but I had friends living in Miami and they were new restaurants were opening up in Miami. And so that life just started later and next thing, you know, and I'm far from home. So it led to later nights and, you know, that was environmental shifts that showed me, I was like, oh, wow, I just got home at two in the morning, but like, I'm cool. And I'm going to wake up tomorrow and do my routine, you know? So physical subconscious, I think those were the stronger shifts for me. Cause again, I overthink a lot. So if I'm tangibly trying to fix something, I might like drive myself a little crazy. Yeah. You like suffocate. Yeah. It. Yeah. I think there's Get, a like, level. Trapped. Yeah. I think there's a level, like we both, I think can kind of be like that too. Like just really extreme. Yeah. yeah we and go it, into our extremes. Yeah. And it like takes I'm out of, out of it. And yeah, I used to be like, I'm a Libra. I'm so balanced. Like, I'm either so <laughs> intense about this or so intense about the opposite thing. And everyone be like, that doesn't balance. It just means you're like hyper intense. Okay. I want to go back to one thing you mentioned. Yes. So you always talk about that you were hyper independent, right? Like you, mm-hmm. when you were living with your parents, you didn't want anyone to accompany on your walks and you like, you just do it your way. Mm-hmm. I still remember sitting with you for coffee and you were like, yeah, like Ben wants to move in with uh, me, but like, I love my apartment. And like, I don't know how I'm going to be like in someone else's house. And like, he has clients coming in all day and like celebrities that he trains. And like, I just like want to be in my sweats and have no one bother me. And I know for an independent person, like my question is like, how does an independent person go into a relationship where there is a lot of dependence? You can still keep your independence, but you're moving into someone's space or with someone's space. And like, how do you do that as an independent person? Yeah, that's so interesting. I'm glad you brought that up because I think that's something he and I were both worried about. I'm independent. I love to be alone. Our first date, we spoke about it. I recharge alone. He recharges with people. He's a trainer and he trains at our house. So people are coming over all the time. And I was like, that's going to be a huge adjustment to me because I love when nobody sees me for like five days at a time. (laughs) And they're like, you know, like in the home. And also for him, he created this environment where you can, if you're working out, you can just like pop into the house and like cook yourself lunch or go shower, jump in the pool. And now he had to put up barriers too. So we both had to create boundaries 
him with his clients, you know, <laughs> me with like what is okay for personal space, but not rude to him because I'm entering his environment. So right. finding that balance. And it's so funny because that goes back to me living with my family. I had lived on my own in college. I lived alone. I lived in like a house with girlfriends one year, but like, even with that, I had my own room. Like I am like a, you know, a social loner and I'd always just been alone. And now after that experience of living with my family, where I would always say, I'm like, yeah, I don't actually see my parents during the day. They're out doing this. I don't see my brother. He's in the downstairs office, but this structure of people being in and out of a home. I had that during 2020, 2021. So I was definitely worried about how is that going to affect like our relationship? Like, you know, when I'm in my home, I look like shit. It's okay to look like shit in front of your family, you know, but I think that experience, again, if I hadn't had that family experience in 2021, I think it would have been a way more of an issue than it was. But Ben and I both hyper-communicated boundaries and like he used to have clients who would come over and truly like cook breakfast, make coffee, and then go into the gym. But that's at like 7.15 when I'm like waking up and I look like, you know, the Lion King just like <laughs> came from upstairs. So, you know, he had to create boundaries on his end, which would had to be fair to the environment he had once had for his clients and for him. And then I had to create boundaries or lessen boundaries and say like, okay, I'm not going to make you like delete everything, but like, this feels right to me. Like, oh, I can do this much. I can interact this much and finding that normal. But we made that work very well. Also, we met in July of 2021, starting like September of 2021. I had never slept at my place ever again but I didn't move in until like March, April. So we had like six months of- You did it slowly. Yeah, of like gradually creating boundaries that by the time I moved in, it was like, okay, like we know. Yeah, I still remember like your apartment and it was like your own oasis. Like you had your rooftop, you had your, where you took your content. Like that was like your place. And I think, you know, a lot of it is compromise. When you're in a relationship, there are things that you have to compromise. And there are things, as you said, that your partner has to do as well, because it's not going to be all perfect for both of you. There yeah. are certain triggers that I'm sure, like, I mean, Aaron, my husband is like, he triggers me, I trigger him, of but we course. make it work. That's yeah, just like yeah. a relationship. And it's the boundaries aspect is great. But the biggest thing, and now like as a new mom, communication is everything. Like if you can't communicate well, like, I actually took Aaron to my therapist, not because there was any issues, but like now having a kid in the mix, yeah. I'm like, this is a good time for us to just like re-talk about communication. Oh yeah. And my therapist thought it was like hilarious. She's like, you guys are like not even fighting over anything. Like what? Like this is so cute. And, but I was like, we learned so much from that. So going back to your therapy yeah. point, it's like the communication aspect of a relationship is 100% the most important. Well, so there is, when we first started dating, we read Attached, which is about the different yes. attachment styles. But then we read Jasmine this- Jasmine loves that book. We read this other book. I'm going to follow up and let you know what the name of it was because it was more in, in profound and impactful than Attached. But we read them early on because like right away, we, by date three, we were like talking about how many kids we want. And, you know, we like knew. So any issue that came up with us wasn't like, are we going to break up? It was like- almost like force us to communicate, but we have very different communication styles. But in this other book, which I'm going to get you the name of, there's the golden rule and the platinum rule. The golden rule is, you know, treat others the way you want to be treated. But the platinum rule is treat others the way they want to be treated. And I remember we read that and 
both of us were like, we're, we're doing it so wrong. I'm talking to you the way I just talk to people or, you know, the way I would expect someone to talk to me. Like I can be blunt with you because anyone can be blunt with me, but I can't be blunt with you because you're sensitive. So, and you know, that was Ben and I, like, he's so blunt. And I was like, you know, he could say something very blunt and just like, tell it to me how it is because that's how he can be talked to. But he had to start talking to me the way I wanted to be talked to and vice versa. So when we learned that our communication dynamic completely shifted, that was been the most like eye-opening revelation that we had with each other. And I think about that with friendship. I think about that with like everything now is you have to treat the person the way they want to be treated. So did you ask specific, like, did you guys sit down and you're like, I'm really sensitive. I don't like when people speak to me in a blunt way? Like, did you go over the things, the oh, way yeah. you want to be treated? Because I also think that takes a level of self-awareness that yeah. not everyone has, oh, even in friendships. I'm where you're so like, sensitive. Right. But like, I think knowing that and being able to be like, hey, I'm really sensitive and that doesn't feel yeah. good is amazing because I think like it goes to like also why you need to know your, or I think you should at least start scraping the surface of knowing yourself before entering a relationship yeah. is being able to identify like, I know that's how you operate in the world and that's okay, but like, I can't handle that. Yeah. And also when I say I'm sensitive, I say it with like pride. Whereas in the past I'd be like, I'm sensitive and maybe like cry as I say it. Now I'm like, oh, I'm so sensitive. Like be a little bit more careful with me. Right. I have like a pride behind it. I actually think I'm a hypersensitive person, HSP. Like I didn't even know that was a thing. And people would say that with like a demerit, but I'm like so sensitive that I like looked into it. I was like, oh shit, I am like an HSP. Now I say it like with like, you know, yeah. Am I proud of it? Probably like not, but I'm like so I'm no, okay with it. it. You're owning yeah. it. That's like that's just, just like it's just me. I think that's something that's so innate in you. I would have to go do like ayahuasca to get to the bottom of why I'm an HSP, but I I definitely am. Is your husband just as into this stuff as you are? Like the spirituality of mm-hmm. things? No, definitely not. He's like a Boston boy. We've had very different like upbringings. We view the world. He loves all things wellness. And he's a, he loves therapy too. He's mm-hmm. a therapy guy. So he loves how much I love wellness and all this stuff. But I'm like, do you want to come with me to this thing? He's like, no. So we appreciate the differences about each other. How did you two meet? On Raya. The app. Yeah. Yeah. My ex-boyfriend's from Raya. So and I, we had a pretty successful relationship. Yeah. So. We're a success story. It works. Yeah. It does. With yeah. the right timing. Timing. I also kind of believe you you meet who you're meant to meet and it doesn't matter. Well, he matter and I were form. same place, same time and in the weirdest places for years and years and never even knew who each other were. Like the me living in Florida in my parents' house, his best friend lives in my parents' community. His like best friend lives two streets behind my parents in that community. Small community. Back to the parents. This is such a small community. I've never even seen his friend there. Mm-hmm. And he had visited during like a period of time where I was there. Like, how did I not pass you on my walk or at the tennis court? You maybe know, so you maybe I did. And, you know, right before the world ended, we were at the same girl's birthday party. And, but it was like a birthday party in a backyard with a big field, like, you know, and yeah. he babysat my, my best friend's dog when she went away for the weekend. I was like, where was I? And I had been away too. That's so funny. And they have a mutual friend that I'm not friends with. So like, you know, through that, and I just had never, the weirdest of ways we were connected, but it was never the right time. And he and I always talk about timing. Like we met exactly when we were supposed to meet. If we had met at any of those other times, we never would have happened. I love that. Okay. Before I ask the last question, 
I know everyone wants to hear this too, the wedding. Fulfillment, next level, right? How the wedding planning leading up to it, how did you not get stressed about it? I mean, it looked absolutely beyond. So I just want to hear a little bit about that before we ask our last question. I was like the least stressed bride ever. Which is funny for such a type A person. I know. and But releasing control, I hired like an amazing wedding planner and focus on planning your future, not the wedding. Like the best part about the engagement period was all these things that you talk about when you're dating, these like things that are fantasies, but you know that they're eventually going to be worked on and you start taking the steps to get there. The engagement periods when you get to actually like do it and talk about your joint account and create it and create, you know, talk about your future home and finance and like these dreams you have in dating stage now become workable realities during engagement period. So I was just thriving doing all that. So the wedding wasn't even like, the wedding was supposed to be a celebration of these this next life step, but I was planning my future, not the wedding. And we hired a wedding planner to plan the wedding. But you also did something that I loved and really admire is you had a no phone wedding. No phone. And for someone who is very much in the public eye, you and your husband, you know, training celebrities, what gave that decision? How did that come about? It came about because we go to weddings and when you see a million cell phones as the bride goes down the aisle, from the start, he and I were adamant that like the ceremony, there is no phones. And I think that's now becoming way more common. Mm -hmm. But we have, you know, we wanted to create a small, intimate environment. And you can only do that by like actually creating that. And if you have phones, it's not a small environment anymore. It's going to whoever follows this person or this person. The goal was to be a small, intimate environment you know, ceremony about us and us only. So we had these like cute custom stickers made and I was kind of like, is everyone going to like obey this? And it's like, we have to be like a bad person if you don't. Like if you don't request like, you know, the couple's wishes and that just allowed and every single person, it honestly, at first it started out because there were going to be like celebrity type people there. That's how it started, like the whole wedding part. But then honestly, so many people have come up to me And like said, oh my God, when I get married, I'm doing this. Like I have a friend who doesn't even have social media. He was dancing his face off the whole night. Like if everyone left the dance floor, he was still dancing. (laughs) He was like, Nicole, I haven't danced since I was in eighth grade. He was freaking out about how much fun he had because it created an environment where he's like this like low key private guy. If people have a camera out, even for him, even though he's just in the background, he feels awkward. It's obviously not his truth. He doesn't even do it for himself. So it allowed everybody to just be themselves. Did you like have a lockbox? How did that work? No, we had these stickers. And when you entered the venue, the wedding planners and her team, like they stickered your phone. Like San Vicente. San Vicente styles. Yeah. I had these like cute custom stickers to say like Nicole and Ben, your phone was stickered. So if you took pictures and there was like, you know, there's always me one or two people in the bunch, but it was like, you actually had to like remove that. Mm-hmm. And like, that's just rude. Like you, right. we trusted that the majority wouldn't. And it was, people were thriving, yeah. just being disconnected. Cause we don't want to do a lockbox. If people have kids, they need to be in contact with babysitters yeah. and things like that. But I, I didn't see any phones and it was amazing. Wow. And then for photography, if you're dance, if you have all these amazing, I spent so much money on a photographer. If I have all these pictures of people's cell phones in the air while they're dancing, like that's just, yeah, you ruined my wedding. Yeah. Album. And it's just like 
hopefully, I mean, I feel like we all just use our phone as a crutch. So it's yeah. like you get back to the table and you just like check your phone, even if you don't need to. And then you actually yeah. focus you're distracted. On well, yeah. also, I think I've entered an era back in 2019. I would go to lunch like twice a week just to create content. I would do things just to create content. If I was at someone else's wedding, I didn't want my phone in my hand, but I was like, oh, this is a good content night because I look good. I'm with all of our friends. I'm in a phase of my life now. I'm only going to create meaningful content. If I only post five times a month that month, then that's because I only had five meaningful things to talk about. So I don't do things for content anymore. That's a huge shift. Mm -hmm. Huge shift. And again, I have a professional photographer who will provide me with some great content. And is it like unfair to throw my ideologies onto other people who were there because they like wanted a lot of content and stuff? Like, no, but it was my wedding. So it's like, your wedding. <laughs> yeah. Like, I love this. Nicole, I'm so excited for Nicole Bruno era. I know. Um, and all that's to come, whether you decide to change your Instagram handle or not. Like, I think it's really been beautiful. I've only known you for like three years, but it's been really beautiful to see your evolution. Yeah. And I'm so excited to continue watching. So our last question, what's the point? What is the point? The point is just ultimately doing everything for you and nobody else but you. Wow. Wow. Mic drop. Thank you so much. I love that. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.